Did you say don't have men to complain to or men to complain? Because men don't complain. Because men do not complain. Okay, I'll make sure I heard you right. Okay. Yeah, and Chase is probably already recording that, so now everybody getting ready to hear the fact that men do not complain. That's going to be that's going to be on the airwaves. I didn't get an amen for the men. Okay, all right, thank you. All right. Ah, mm-hmm. All right, well, Thanksgiving, as Sheila mentioned with the children, is only four days away, or she alluded to that. So because of that, we put today our messages and our series pertaining to the seven churches on hold to receive a Thanksgiving message for 2021. Now, as I said that, I recognize how for some people in the world today, especially not here at Crossroads necessarily, but for some people today, they don't have any really reason, as Sheila said to the kids, to be thankful. And for many people, it's been a really difficult year or maybe years. I mean, the pandemic, as Hallie made alluded to earlier, is still happening. It's still lingering. It's you seems to still be around. COVID seems to, as we heard a little bit, seem to stabilize in some areas. It sounds like maybe it's starting to come back. In fact, some experts are actually beginning to warn that there could be a holiday surge coming up again. Many people have been vaccinated. Those who have been vaccinated have now learned it was only good for about six months to a year, and now they're strongly suggesting that a booster shot get done. And I already heard that there may be a third booster coming up at some point. So we begin to think, well, where does it end? If you look around, you recognize it's difficult for a lot of businesses. Businesses can't seem to find people to help them. A lot of fast food restaurants are only open during certain hours because they cannot find the people in the restaurant to be there during some normal operating hours. It's also difficult this time of the year because shelves of our favorite items seem to be gone. It's, they're empty. And what you can find on the shelf, have you recognized, seems to be getting more expensive. It's much more expensive for gasoline, for milk, for meat, and any other consumer goods. What we're finding, again, is in the midst of a pandemic, it is hard at times to be thankful. For many people, they can't find anything to be thankful for. So the question then, as maybe we entertain it today, is what do you have to be thankful for then? In the course of events that's happened over this year or in the last two years, what do we have to be thankful for? Are we thankful for anything? Can we be today thankful for anything? I mean, the truth is it's hard to be thankful during difficult times. But yet as Christians, as Lori already kind of stated, we always have a reason to be thankful, don't we? We always have a reason to be thankful. And we can be thankful in the best of times and in the worst of times. As born-again believers, we always have a reason to give thanks. Thanks to our Creator. Thanks to our Almighty Sovereign God. We have a reason to be thankful. So today's message then is all that. It's a rather simple message. It's not deep. It's not too complex. In fact, the reading is only two verses. But it reminds us that we always have a reason, 
even in the midst of difficult times, such as a pandemic that's still lingering, we still have a reason to be thankful and to give thanks. Our reading is found in Psalms chapter 9. You can stand with me if you want to. It's just two verses to be able to consider today. And we'll expand upon it briefly and then have some application. But Psalms chapter 9, verse 1 and verse 2, it starts off in chapter 9, verse 1 of the ninth Psalm. It says, To the choir master, according to Muflaban, a Psalm of David. Verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Well, Father, Lord, we ask today as we begin to entertain this message that you've given for us today, that we will surely find reason. Let it be given to us today. Let us have understanding deep in our heart that we have reason. In the midst of difficult times, bad years, trials, tribulations, good times, in the midst of it all. As believers, we have reason to be thankful and certainly to give you thanks. So we pray, Lord, today that we go through this time of message that you begin to speak directly to our hearts. And before we leave here today, we recognize that, yes, we are and can be thankful. So let's be thankful in that, what shall happen here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I would be a little remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to explain the contextual situation in which the psalm was written. So I'm going to explain rather briefly and elaborate upon the ninth psalm. And notice first, as you see the scripture come back up on the screen, the verses we read, it gives you two verses. It's not long. It's not, it's not you know, complex by any means. But notice that there is a superscription that is given at the beginning of the psalm by the Psalter. Recognize it tells us then that it's written by David, a psalm of David, which is helpful, you know, to know who the psalm is written by. But it really didn't answer the question to what we really want to know is why is David writing this particular psalm? So the answer of why maybe David is writing the psalm is in the verses that come after where we stopped in verse two. There's more than just two verses of the psalm. So the answer is really given in the verses that follow, verse 2, where we stop. And notice as we begin to read it, that David seems to be grateful and thankful and fully appreciative of God's provision given to him over his enemies. In verse 3, David continues and says that when my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have, just, you have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. So David seems to be very thankful for what God has helped him with in overcoming his enemy. Notice it does not explain or tell us who this enemy is. Now David has in his lifetime, had various different enemies that he has fought and battled and struggled against. But he seems, nonetheless, to be very thankful. As it pertains to David's situation, the Bible Knowledge Commentary adds this input. It says, the Lord manifested his righteousness, in verse 4, by vindicating David's cause. His enemies were turned back, in verse 3. They were rebuked and destroyed, mentioned in verse 5. 
is that even the names of the nations were blotted out in their defeat. Now even their name would be per perpetuated. Memory of them was destroyed after the cities were demolished. All this, David wrote, was evidence that God upheld his cause and rules righteously from his throne. And with that, then David was very thankful that God provided for him in his time of need. And we can all be thankful for God providing for us. But maybe we could summarize what David is thankful for here, appreciative and grateful, as written by Warren Worsby, who maybe provides a fitting summary. He said, David offers wholehearted praise to the Lord for delivering him and his army from the enemy nations that attacked Israel. So in just two verses of Psalm chapter 9, it appears it's rather simple. But David just offers sincere thankfulness to the Lord. Which is precisely what we should do. David in his lifetime has had many bad times and good times. And we in our lifetime, most likely, even in the age that we are, old or young, have had many days that have been good and many days that have been bad. In everyone's lifetime, we have good and bad circumstances in life. But nonetheless, we should offer our praise, our gratitude, and thankfulness to the Lord. David didn't just write Psalms 9. In another psalm, in Psalm 34, he rightfully starts out the psalm by stating, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's not complex. We should praise God. I mean, he is the giver and sustainer of life. On the website, Prayer and Possibilities, Catherine Shirley refers to Psalms 34 and states that David reminds us that we should praise God through the good times and the bad. Praise should fill our hearts every day, no matter our circumstances, especially when we are walking through seasons of great trials. Praise God in the storms, through the battles, and when life gets hard. Make the choice to fill your heart with words of praise and thanksgiving for God. That's sound advice. That's what we should do. Every day in life, we should always wake up and ready to give praise and thanks to God. In the midst of trials, tribulations, good or bad to give God praise, and to give him thanks. And it should be more than just one day a year. It's not reserved for just Thanksgiving. So with the help of a few commentaries in the David Psalm in just a few verses of chapter 9, we see we should be offering God praise through the good and the bad. But do we do this? Do we praise God and offer thanksgiving, particularly in the midst of trials? I mean, in all honesty, it is hard. It's really hard at times to offer praise and thanksgiving when we're in the midst of a trial and difficulties and tribulations. Even more, many times when we are in the midst of a trial, experiencing some difficulties, we can become greatly frustrated to the point where we even wonder if, if, if what we're experiencing during that trial during that particular time of tribulation, difficulty, we can even begin to wonder through our frustration if God is somehow punishing us for something that we have done wrong. Because in that moment, you've been there, everything seems to go wrong. And when it happens, 
It's so easy to become stressed. Or we can become depressed with all the things happening. Or some people just get flat out angry. But that is exactly, when that moment occurs, that is exactly when we need reminders such as we're having today. That in those times, in those moments, that we're still blessed. And we have a reason to be thankful. In the midst of trials, we can rejoice. You know, Paul wrote about that on many occasions. Two of the verses that Paul, that Paul mentions that in Philippians chapter 4. First of all, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Meaning anything that's happening, always offer thankfulness and rejoice in the midst of it. But he wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, Sheila mentioned to the children, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances to me mean both the good and the bad. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So again, it's not an overly difficult message to hear and to understand. We should be giving God praise and thanks. But maybe you're pondering. How can we rejoice? Yeah, it said rejoice. How can we rejoice during difficult times? Or how can I be thankful because I'm going through a trial? That seems absurd. I mean, think about it. Rejoicing can be so easy when things are going great. I mean, listen, when the Colts are up by two touchdowns, I can rejoice. But when they all of a sudden do stupid things, like Carson Wentz has been known to do at times, and throw the ball to an opponent, and they score on the five-yard line going in the end zone, I get upset. I'm not rejoicing anymore. I don't understand it. So it's easy to be rejoicing in the good times. But we need to also rejoice, I guess, when it throws interception. It sounds absurd. Or it's easy sometimes to rejoice and to be glad, to give thankfulness when we receive a gift. I mean, listen, and listen to this. If y'all want to buy me a truck for Christmas, I will gladly rejoice and be very thankful. Truly, all right? But just so you know, if you don't, all you got to do is give me ice cream because I can still rejoice and be thankful because I love ice cream. So it's easy to be thankful when times are going great. But rejoicing? And being thankful when we're having the worst day or the worst week, the worst month or the worst year or years. I mean, rejoicing in a pandemic to people just does not make sense. Being thankful for financial troubles or gracious and thankful, appreciative for having health concerns and health issues. It just does not make sense. Especially it does not make sense to someone who has never received the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. They really struggle with rejoicing because they've never really fully received love. But yet, as believers, we're noticing, we're recognizing, we're being reminded that we can rejoice and be thankful through the good and through the bad. Christy Walker states, if God allows us to go through hardship or trials, his meaning is love. This is precisely why we can rejoice, 
while going through difficulties. God is in control. He is up to something good. He can be trusted. Now, hopefully, that resonates with you. I mean, if you are a born-again believer, that should make sense. Essentially, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, you have every reason to be thankful always. Not part of the time, not some of the time, to always be thankful. Or maybe said another way, your being thankful doesn't have to be reserved in the moments when God has delivered you from an extreme set of circumstances. It doesn't have to be just that time where God has spared you or delivered you. I mean, yeah, it's great to be thankful, but it doesn't have to be just during that time. Such as it seems to be in the text. And if you look at it again, it seems that David, it almost looks like that David, as you read through verses 1 through 6 of the ninth Psalm, is extending that appreciative and thankfulness because of God's deliverance and protection over his enemies. I mean, it almost seems that he's really just thankful because God has allowed him to overcome his enemies. But if you look closer at verse 1, you can really begin to see that David is thankful. Notice with his whole heart, for all God's wonderful deeds. With his whole heart for everything, for all God's deeds. And just, we're just simply today applying that verse that we should be thankful in all God's wonderful deeds in both the good and the bad times and circumstances when they happen in our lives. Which is why then, in whatever week you're having or month of December, uh, November or year of 2021, whatever is happening during this year, which is why then we can still celebrate Thanksgiving in four days. Yeah, on November 25th of 2021, every one of us can praise God and to be thankful. Every one of us can praise God and be thankful. Every one of us can. So with that, do you remember the question we asked in the introduction? The question was, what do you have to be thankful for this year? And are you thankful for anything? Because there's so, so many reasons to be thankful. I'm going to share with you some of the reasons that I can be thankful. I mean, I'm thankful for the financial struggles I actually had many years ago when I was normally employed as a plant manager. I mean, believe me, that was a relief. But there was financial struggles from that. And I'm actually grateful for those financial struggles because the opportunity came and presented itself for me to go to seminary and receive my master's in divinity, which then led the opportunity to go from Texas to Indiana and land at a church in Colbert Avenue Baptist Church in Evansville. And I'm actually even grateful for landing there with the strife that happened because it landed us together. I mean, I'm grateful for people who believed in me when others didn't. I mean, there's so many reasons to be thankful. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for my family. Certainly grateful for my Crossroads Church family. No doubt God put us together. I know he did. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful for our Wednesday study groups, even though it's mostly women. I'm thankful for the kids in the church, the youth, the teens. I'm thankful they're back having cornerstone today and the children with their leaders. I'm thankful there's leaders who want to be with the children. I'm thankful for the music. 
I'm thankful that God sacrificed his son Jesus and offers everlasting love. I'm thankful that Jesus took my place on the cross. I mean, there's so many reasons to be thankful. I'm thankful for the day the Lord has given us. I'm even thankful for the rain. I'm thankful for my first breath this morning. I'm thankful for my first step as it made its way to the coffee machine. I'm thankful for the first cup of coffee. I'm even thankful for my job driving a bus when those kids won't even listen. There's so many reasons to be thankful. I'm thankful that God used my dad's illness. That God used cancer to get my attention and speak directly to my heart. I'm thankful my dad had the courage and the boldness to stand up to me while I was lying in a hospital room with knowing what this next step may not be in relates to his cancer, but still proclaim the truth. I'm thankful for Dr. Rob Boyd for baptizing me months later. There's just so many things to be thankful for. I'm thankful for the opportunity we have this Thursday to love on people and have a community Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm always, always thankful for Jesus. I mean, the point is this. We have so much to be thankful for. So today, I mean, what are you thankful for? Think about it. If I come around and was to ask you now, like I'm walking down these steps, and to ask you, what are you thankful for today, what would it be? You're thankful for money. Thank you, Luke. But what are you thankful for? Think about it. If you had to tell someone that doesn't know anything about you, and you met them somehow on the street, going to Walmart, wherever it is, Dairy Queen, whatever, if you're thankful for something to say today to them, I am thankful for what? Thank you. But what are you thankful for, Steve? Breath of fresh air. And we get that fresh breath every morning. What are you thankful for, Roger? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things to be thankful for. What are you thankful for, Dan? Being alive. Mm-hmm. Your wife, Mary? Mm-hmm. What are you thankful for, Ray? He took all of them. Because there's so many things to be thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. What are you thankful for, Hallie? Never ending list. Because God's so good to us. Yeah. He sure has. What are you thankful for, Penny? Yeah. Right. You know, I was talking to Tom at 9.15 last night. I didn't ask Tom the question, but if I was asking Tom the question now, I think he would tell me one thing that happened to him yesterday he's thankful for is that Luke. Luke came to the hospital for the fishing game. And they got to go fishing. Small little blessings. What are you thankful for, Bob? Yeah. What are you thankful for, Tyler? 
Sure. Absolutely. Jenny, what you thankful for? Yeah. We're thankful you're here this morning. Yeah. Lori, what are you thankful for? Yeah. Angie, what are you thankful for? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jessica, what are you thankful for? Ray. Yes, I am too. Candy, what are you thankful for? Jesus. Absolutely. Kayla, what are you thankful for? You stack racing. Amen to that. Colton, what are you thankful for? And don't say your wife. All right. All right, John, what are you thankful for, buddy? Yes, thank for God's side to save you. Yeah, absolutely. Mary, I think you're grateful for Dan, aren't you? No? <laughs> yes? Yep. Yep. Isaac, you thankful for anything? Oxygen. How about you, Levi? I am too, buddy. I'm glad you're here. Luke, what are you thankful for? All right. And Sheila. We know what she's thankful for, right? What are you thankful for, Sheila? <laughs> Perla, what are you thankful for? Nothing specific, just everything, huh? And Chase? <laughs> Did I miss anybody? Everybody had reason to be thankful, didn't they? Levi was thankful for being here. We have reason to be thankful, don't we? I mean, it's, the whole, it's not a complex message. It's quite simple. I mean, we just have reason to be thankful. I mean, it seems like it's been a difficult year, and yes, it has. But in the midst of it all, we still all found something today to be thankful for. So the message is very simple. It's just about being thankful. As Christians, as believers, we always have a reason to be thankful and to give thanks. Yes, troubles are going to happen in life. We know that. We've lived them. But as believers, we can still be thankful. David Jeremiah states, we all have a lot of anxieties and aggravations in life. We have endless trials and troubles. But our Savior, here's the reason to be thankful, our Savior has overcome the world. He said, every day brings uncertainty. But here's the reason to be thankful, God will never leave us or forsake us. Tomorrow's events are unknown to us. But our eternal God knows the future as well as he knows the past. He said, for every blow, we have a fistful of promises from our sovereign God. And not just one tot, one jot or tittle of his word will pass away. We can be thankful for that. That's why he continues in James 1.12. that tells us, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In all moments of life, we should be quick to praise the Lord and to bless him. When you have a good day, thank God for it. When your day turns dark and troubling, praise the Lord anyway, for his loving kindness is fresh every morning and his faithfulness endures every night. He says, let bless God every moment today. And I add, 
not just today, but every day. Not just for Thanksgiving, not reserved for a special time, but every day we can bless God. We always have a reason to be thankful. As born-again believers, we always have a reason to be thankful and to give thanks. Jesus is the reason that we can be thankful in all things. So let us rejoice together and be thankful. And perhaps that we can be thankful by communing with the Lord. You know, maybe this becomes something we do as we get close to Thanksgiving. Maybe we just set aside at crossroads each year to make sure that we commune with the Lord and really recognize that sacrifice that was made for us and to be just extending our thanks and gratitude. So as we partake into Lord's Supper today, be thankful. Be thinking about all that God did as sacrificing his son for you. Be thankful and commune with the Lord. Now with that, I'm going to step aside here and read from Luke. I want to just have the message. I want to have it behind me so you don't have to open your Bibles, but I want to make sure that we understand the significance of Lord's Supper. So I'm going to read from Luke, and Luke uh, records some things pertaining to the institution of the Passover, institution of the Lord's Supper. He starts in Luke chapter 22, verse 7. He says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to him, He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and tell the master of the house. The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. Verse 13. And they went and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he, Jesus, reclined the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take, take this, and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God come. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new, new covenant in my blood. That's Luke's recording of what began the Lord's Supper. But also notice Paul adds some things that's insightful in chapter 11, the first Corinthians. He says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave, had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death or his sacrifice 
until he comes. We have much to be thankful for. And today we celebrate the fact that we can be thankful by gathering here freely today with no pressure, no circumstances in which someone's going to burst into the church to be able to find us and make us go through some sort of persecution. We can hear freely and we should be blessed and we should be thankful. So with that then, we participate today and commune with the Lord in the Lord's Supper to recognize how truly blessed we are and that we too can be thankful. So recognize the table is set. The table is set. It is not the table of crossroads. It is the table the Lord has given us, but a sacrifice that he has made. So notice then that we have the bread. Again, as we heard Paul mention the bread that was broken for the forgiveness of our sin. And we have also then the cup, the cup representing the blood, the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins. So it's right then that we should stand and prepare for the Lord's Supper. So stand with me today, and I will pray a blessing over the elements, the cup representing the blood and the bread representing the body, I will pray over them. But you also then also need to pray to make sure that you are fully prepared to give thanks to the Lord for the sacrifice before you participate into the communion today. But let me first pray for us and then we can move. Father, Lord, collectively together, we are at Crossroads. We thank you for the sacrifice you made for each and every one of us, for all of mankind. You didn't choose certain individuals, Lord, to die for. You died for every man, woman, and child. And today, as we prepare to commune and take the Lord's Supper, we extend our gratefulness, our appreciation, and our thanks for that sacrifice that you made for us. So today, Lord, we ask for a blessing to be over these elements. We pray, Lord, that we would surely be thankful today before we come up today and take the bread representing the body. And the cup represents the blood. Today, let us have a simple prayer of our own. Besides the prayer I'm doing collectively together, let us have a prayer. Fully thankful for that sacrifice that was made for us, for me. Lord, I thank you. You're good to us. Today, I thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.